Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's your boy Johnny Bananas, and I'm going to be covering a brand new season of The Challenge USA on CBS that, of course, I will be completely dominating on my podcast, Death Taxes and Bananas, on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. Head over to that feed and follow us on Spotify so you never miss an episode. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. He will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome, everybody, to the Morally Corrupt Show, a show here on the Ringer Reality TV feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay. He is Zach Peter. And let's just jump right into the news of the week that has everybody buzzing. Whether you're in the Bravo world, the Housewives world, you saw the video scene around the country. I won't say the world, the country. We knew this video was coming. It had been announced to us that Kyle Richards was going to be starring in Morgan Wade's video. Now, at this point, you guys know that Kyle and Mauricio are separated. And I say that with a question mark because we aren't quite sure, you know, very quickly after they made that, that was leaked to the media. They showed themselves in Aspen. They were caught on camera at a restaurant. I'm using air quotes there. They all of a sudden are commenting on each other's social media pages. So we're confused. We're not sure what's going on, but there, there's, there's trouble in paradise there. And a lot of the issues seem to be about Kyle's new friend, Morgan Way. Now we, they have matching tattoos. I think that's, that's solidified at this point, right? We can say they have matching tattoos. They travel together. Kyle goes to all her shows. Even Morgan Wade's ex-girlfriend has come out and insinuated that Kyle and, and Morgan are dating. And now we knew that Kyle announced or somebody announced that Kyle's going to be in this music video, which is called Fall in Love With Me. Fall in love with me. Okay, even even more juicy. Zach, the video <laughs> drops. What is your reaction? I watched it like eight times. <laughs> it's actually like, it made me question my own sexuality. I know some people think that it's like cheesy, right? And like, it is kind of cheesy and it's kind of corny, but it's just like, there's just something there. I'm like, what am I watching? They're like feeding each other strawberries and they're in the bathtub drinking champagne together. And Kyle's working out in high heels. And then Morgan's like pouring water all over herself. But then Kyle's watching from afar. And even though Morgan's pouring the water, Kyle's getting wet like it's just like it's so much 
It was a lot. I am on the this was cheesy side of it. I felt like the 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 whipped cream and them feet. It was <laughs> it was awkward because they were standing up. You know, it couldn't they be sitting? I don't know in bed together on the couch. It was just like they're standing. Who actually, Zach? Has anybody ever fed fruit or whipped cream to you? And were y'all standing up in a hallway just facing each other? I don't think so. They were in the kitchen, but like, I know, but like, I don't know. It was what I kept thinking, especially with that scene specifically, is there were so many different angles that I was like, did we shoot this multi-camera or did we do multiple different shots? Because I have questions, because it's like, what are we going to do this 10 times? And we're going to pretend that we're not having a lesbian affair. I, yeah, I just, I, I at least wanted her to be up on the counter like sitting on the counter and she was, you know, like that added, I don't know, a little bit more sexiness to it. It just. They were in the bathtub. How much more sexy do you want? No, no, no. I'm talking about the, the feeding of the fruit. Oh, the bathtub. The, the, yes. The, the that was my, that was my issue. And then like, they're pretending like they're kissing. They're right there. They're like one centimeter away from each other's lips. It's like, just go for it. I mean, the first thing I thought too, when I watched it, Chriselle and G flip. Yeah. This is how, Chriselle, friend, this is how their relationship started. But they made out in the in their video. They actually were kissing. And it was then that G-Flip asked Chriselle on a date. And Chriselle was like, no, you know, like, I'm not really into women. And she was like, uh, I can't tell from the video. And that started their love affair. And now they're married. So I couldn't help but think that when I saw this video. Or Kyle and Morgan are just capitalizing on all the talk and drama surrounding them right now. See, but like, here's where I'm confused, though, because then Jeff Lewis was just on Watch What Happens Live this week and he made the joke. And and listen, it was clearly a joke. So anybody that has their panties up in a bunch needs to calm down. He was asked about Kyle and he's like, hey, Kyle's my friend. And I just want to know, why didn't she tell me she's a lesbian on Ozempic? And obviously he was making fun of the headlines about her being a lesbian and on Ozempic. Right. So now she's mad and she went on her Amazon Live and she's just like, She's like, I'm not texting Jeff Lewis back anytime soon. I just, you know, I can't believe my friends would comment on that. And I'm like, you literally just did a whole music video where you're like making out with Morgan Wade and you're in a bathtub and feeding each other strawberries while awkwardly standing up because Rachel Lindsay doesn't like when you feed strawberries when you're standing (laughs) up. You should only feed strawberries when you're on a counter. But like you can't make a music video and then get mad when people are talking about it. Also, you comment on page six and and blog post all the time. Pick a lane, Kyle. Like, obviously, if Jeff Lewis is your friend, he's not even our friend. And he might be your friend. He's not our friend. My friend. And I knew that he was being sarcastic. I found it hilarious. And it was like, he's obviously playing with it. And and that's like the essence of Jeff Lewis as well. Like, you you can watch one episode or listen to him on Sirius XM to understand, like, that's just his humor. And even Heather McDonald followed it up with like, oh, yeah, that's I heard that that's a side effect of Ozempic as you become a lesbian. Your ring slips off and slips into somebody else. Like they were clearly making fun of it. Like, I just don't understand why she's like so upset about it, especially when she did this music video. Because Kyle seems to be, to me, self-absorbed. And and I don't think that that's a reach to say that when you are aware of every blog post, every media outlet posting about you, and then you're commenting on it, you're reading all the comments. So she, she probably was fine. And then she started reading people who actually thought Jeff Lewis was serious. And then that made her upset. 
because people were probably like, oh, your friend Jeff Lewis confirmed it. I think there's another lane to, to explore with this. It feels a little midlife crisis. It's totally a midlife crisis. Okay, she's okay. Having I didn't know an, if I was reaching too much. Well, no, no, no. I think she's having a full identity crisis. I think Alison Dubois was right that Mauricio will never emotionally fulfill her because I don't think her relationship with Mauricio has ever gone that deep. Because think about it. She's been on Housewives, what? This will be the 13th season. And this is the first time we're really seeing her and Mauricio. When have you seen them have an argument? When have you seen them have a disagreement? When have you ever seen anything real in their relationship? I don't think the depth of their relationship has ever really gotten deep. He's always busy working. She's always busy with the kids. That I think now... The kids are all grown. Portia's the last one in the house. And now she's kind of realizing that there isn't that emotional connection that she has with her husband. And I think she's found this emotional connection with Morgan. And now she's kind of just lost because her whole identity has been turned upside down because the kids are gone. She's left with Mauricio, who's always working. Her girls are all going and working at the agency, too. They have their show buying Beverly Hills. She doesn't know what her place is. And I think she sees the expiration date on Housewives of like, how much longer is she really going to do the show? You know, so I think she's trying to figure out what the next phase of her life is going to be. And so she's like, let me just make a documentary about my lesbian lover, Morgan Wade. And that's where we're at. Excellent. Top notch analysis, Zach (laughs) Peter. Top. Everything you said is so true. And you pointed out the documentary that she is making about Morgan Wade. And the question is. Who asked for this? We just found out who Morgan Wade is. Who is, we, yeah, who is, Morgan, <laughs> who is Morgan Wade in this world anyway? Like, I just don't understand. We don't need a full, like, Kyle, if you want to figure out who Morgan Wade is, great. Feel free to explore that. But we don't care. Wait, we need to talk about Mauricio commenting on the music video. So both Mauricio and Chriselle commented on it. Chriselle gave her endorsement because she's like, you know, wink, wink. And then Mauricio comments with three fire emojis and puts so good. Like, you know, this is his porn right now. It is his porn right now. It totally is. I, I'm sick of them. I don't know what to make of this. Stop giving us the runaround. Either you're with her or you're not. Either you're separated and you're not. Like, I, I just, and, and the fact we're not going to get it, play it, to play out on this upcoming season because they did bring back the cameras, but it's my understanding that like it was very quickly, like kind of just to comment on the announcement. Yeah. I think it was a film with her and Erica where they talk about it and she like comes clean about what's going on in her relationship. Yeah. Like I, it's just, I need them to pick up the cameras now and to be filming, take a page out of Vanderpump rules, start filming immediately, capitalize on the talk, you know, I, I just between the Ozempic and the Morgan Wade of it, I I just can't with I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted with Kyle. Another thing that was brought to the attention, there were quite a few people who were shocked at what Morgan Wade sounded like. They didn't expect her to sound they, like she did in the video. Her her voice. They didn't expect her to be so good. <gasps> no, like it was. I think I thought she was going to sound a little bit like Janis Joplin or or like like G G flip has like a raspiness to her voice. And there's a soul there. Like, I I love the way G sounds. I guess I thought it was more going to be like that. And it was instead giving oh, sound like a little girl. Yeah. And I think that's what it threw me off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
I was so fixated on like the scenery and the imagery <laughs> and Kyle in that wild outfit that she's wearing when she's writing her love notes, which is just so strange. And she just had to do the splits. Mm-hmm. Working out in her high heels. We get it, Kyle. <laughs> she just had to do the splits. Yeah, we, I mean, I don't know where to go from here. You've given us the video. You're working on a documentary. Like it's, I think where we go from here is radio silence. I like just would rather let's just wait for Beverly Hills to come out. Let's move on and no more. Well, the interesting thing, too, is I think I read online that the video was shot back in June, right? Which is before cameras came back. Like, when did cameras come back up? Like, when did this all become a big thing? Wasn't that like early July? No, it was longer than that, right? I don't remember because if the timeline to me is then weird or like suspicious of like, when did we film the music video? Why did we decide to make this creative decision at that time? No, you're right. They July were in Aspen 3rd. in July. July. Yeah, it was July 4th when they were posting pictures being like, we're okay. Mauricio was posting pictures with Kyle. It was July 4th weekend. So then they filmed this before the separation news came out. If this was indeed filmed in June, then they filmed this before the, the rumors really caught wind. So it's like you made this decision to get in a bathtub with Morgan and film all of this stuff. And then now, like, I don't know. It's just weird. I think that it is weird. And that's interesting that you brought up the timeline. I just don't trust Kyle because she's always, in my opinion, producing. So this all feels very, I do think that there is an, an emotional connection to Morgan, but it also feels the way that it's rolling out and the way that they're behaving after it just feels so calculated. Yeah. I would have rather than been caught kissing in the car. You know, and then yeah. it's like, oh, she didn't plan for that. Now she's got to, re- you know what I mean? Like I would have yeah. liked that type of surprise, but, and now she's got a whole, all this time off to figure out the narrative that she wants to present to us in the next season. We shall see. Stay tuned guys. For <sighs> now we'll move on to OC, which Zach, I was so confused this episode. I couldn't keep up. I, when we'll get into the thick of it. I mean, it didn't help that. This, this title's, uh, the title of this episode is a doppelganger disaster. And everybody is more than half the episode is dressed up like someone else. So I, that confused me. But then also it's like, who's telling who, what, and who's talking about who and who said it first. And I, I was, and I blame Heather. Heather Debro confused me. She confused me. When she started flipping it, I was like, wait a minute now. I thought we were all on the same page. I thought Heather was the one who was telling everybody. And now I don't know. She got me. <laughs> she, I don't know. Were you confused in this episode? I was, I mean, yeah, I was just as confused as Gina's hair extensions. Like to me, it was like so chaotic. <laughs> Are you okay? I almost spit on my coffee. <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> I was so, right. and it's so true. <laughs> it was, I mean, listen, I love that Shannon went so hard at Gina with the crazy wild hair extensions and the, you know, the ramen hair and the sparkly dress with the, the rocker boots. Like it was she just, did her so it was, dirty. it was, funny. and Gina was so salty about, it. I'm like, girl, that was you until up until this season. That so was let's you. like, <laughs> it was. 
this. Let's not even play. So I love that Shannon gave us that moment. It was just, it was weird. And I, some people were like, their, their outfits were so bad. Like Taylor's was so bad when she was trying to be Tamara. She's been such a disappointment. Like I don't, she had leg warmers on. And if I'm Tamara, I'm like, is that how you see me? What is happening here? That I know. Was, it, it was so bad. I just, she should have walked out. Just yeah. walk out. Tamara like if you're trying to earn an orange, that's why she didn't get an orange for that scene specifically. You are so right. Tamara could have taken off that wig and been herself and Heather Dubrow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so before we get into the doppelganger party, which pretty much is the entire episode, prior to that, we start off with Heather and Gina meeting at a nursery. Womp, womp, womp. The 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 places they they meet up are that they choose to meet up are hilarious to me. So they're meeting at a restaurant. I it's not even October. They established that at the beginning. Right? It was like September and they were looking for pumpkins. Yeah. Which also made me pause and I'm like, geez, we're it's August. Now, 2023. They're in September 2022. We gotta tighten up this filming schedule. That's too much time that's passed on. Wait, for that's almost a whole year. It. Yeah, I don't like that. You're a whole they're all they're new people at this point. New there's new alliances, new drama. That's just too long. We got to tighten it up. I feel like we used to not be that long. Something, something has happened. But Heather and Gina meet up and we know that their friendship is, uh, they're, they're working on it because they were close and they, they weren't. Now they're trying to get back together. And so Heather shares with Gina that Shannon has been talking about Gina and Travis's relationship. This is interesting because later, Heather is accused of also telling something that Shannon told her to other people and denies it. But this kind of points out that Heather does tell what Shannon tells her in confidence. I don't know if Shannon wanted he- uh, Gina to know that she'd been talking about her relationship. I, I mean... I, I mean, I didn't even know that she was. I was like, is that new? And then they give us the flashback where Shannon's also with Emily saying that she's concerned about Gina and Travis's relationship. And she's kind of like, because Gina, you know, we saw her break down about her marriage and the cheating and being triggered by Jen and Ryan. Did you think that Shannon was overreaching by commenting on Gina and Travis's relationship? And did do you believe that Shannon's actually concerned about Gina and Travis's relationship. I mean, listen, when you're in a group of friends, like, yes, you all talk about somebody else's relationship. You're like, did you hear this? Or can you, like, you just, you have a kiki moment. You know what I mean? So I think that that's normal and natural. And sometimes it's not meant to be like, well, I mean, I guess it's always meant to be a little gossipy, but like sometimes there's a little bit of concern. Do I think Shannon's genuinely concerned for Gina's relationship? No, I don't. I think Shannon was just trying to, you know, talk a little shit no you know there's no it's it, it's not gossiping zach because there's a difference between talking about someone and talking against someone mm. heather heather <laughs> like talking about someone is gossip it can be catty it can still be talking against like i really feel like she thought that was a profound statement and, and let me let me just say i like heather dubro i really do i like her on the show I like what she represents. I'm I'm entertained by her. I'm almost like the Tamara in it. You know, but you also know what you're going to get with Heather. And that's why Tamara's imp- impersonation of Heather was on, was so on point. 
I thought if there was a prize, Tamara won. Between Tamara and Gina, Gina did a good job of imitating Emily. But it's also interesting because Heather's good. I got to give it to her. She's good. She's good. I'm not going to go as far as to call her a manipulator, but she's very aware. And when Gina asked her, you know, about if she has concerns about Shannon and John, it's like immediately Heather's antennas went up. She knew where this was going. She knew it was a setup. And she was like, no, you know, I'm in a good place with Shannon and I don't really want to go there on camera, but apparent allegedly off camera, she's willing to go there with Gina, there with Emily and there with Tamara. Allegedly. I think that they did have a con. Well, here's the thing. Shannon was also, which we learned later in the episode, Shannon was also telling Gina and Emily stuff about her relationship. When Emily's like, we she's like, I haven't told you anything since 2020. And then she's like, um, no, a couple months ago, we were at Javier's and you told me this. And then Shannon's like blank for like 20 seconds. And that's when she's realizing, oh, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. I'm the one that's spreading bad information about my relationship. But here's the thing. Like, I think everyone's so mad at Heather when I think everybody needs to direct that more towards Emily. Emily's spilling everything in the confessionals. Emily's bringing everything out. Like, I think Emily is the most messy one and Emily should be held to the fire because she's the one that's like really kind of bringing all of this up on camera. Did they talk about it off camera? Yes. But when Heather's in this scene with Gina and she's trying to, to, to diffuse it, I think it's because she's genuinely trying to not let this be a thing on the show. And she sees that Gina's trying to push this on the show. So I think Heather, I'm team Heather Dubrow on this one. I just don't think that Heather was trying to maliciously like put Like, clearly they all know Shannon's relationship is bad. And clearly they're all talking about it, but they have this rule, which Vicky confirms in this episode as well. Like, it's the vault. We don't talk about how bad Shannon's relationship is on camera. And now the first person to talk about it on camera is Emily. So I don't understand why we're also mad at Heather when Emily's the one that's making this a thing on the show. Maybe we have concerns off the show, but on the show, we were supposed to protect Shannon and now it's all out there. But now we said it. Okay. I agree with you to a point. We know what happens off camera comes on camera. And I yeah. do, I agree with you that Heather really wasn't trying to bring it on camera. She really didn't want to go there on camera and was trying to protect Shannon's relationship. However, Shannon is not that close to Gina. Shannon is not that close to Emily. They're, they're, they're working on like she and Emily are getting closer now. It's messy for Heather to, even if it's off camera, to discuss that relationship with Gina and Emily, even if it is off camera. Knowing that they don't have a strong relationship, it is likely that they could then go share that relationship with Tamara because Tamara's the one who actually brought it up first on camera. Oh, that's it's true. Tamara. Tamara brought it up first because Tamara always, that that's her M.O., What happens off camera will be on camera. That's just how she rolls. She Mm -hmm. brought it up first, or maybe. No, Emily brought it up. Emily brought it up to her. And then Shannon brought it up to Shannon. Yes, yes. But even when Emily brought it up, she didn't say anything. She was, she was just kind of like, I'm sure she shared with you too, or like Heather shared with you. They more so threw Heather under the bus there than they did Shannon. They're more so showing how as Heather they're throwing Shannon, Shannon under the bus, under the bus, on, bus camera. on camera. You said, well, as they're throwing Shannon, yes, both. 
They, yes, both. Fair, fair, fair. But I do think that we can't cut Heather too much slack because I do think that, I guess I put myself in that situation and, you know, we'll talk about it later, but some of the things that John allegedly did say to Shannon, Oof. if somebody confided in me with that, if my good friend told me that off camera, and I also know that she specifically told me off camera when we're not even filming because filming the season, because she wanted to protect her relationship, I would have a private conversation about how I'm worried and concerned. And this is why I wouldn't be a good housewife. I'd be a good housewife because I'd, I'd like get in that ass you know, like I would confront people, but I wouldn't tell people's business. And I just, this is where to me, Heather, Heather loses me because I would never tell that to another friend. It really would be vault for me. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't get that, into like specifics. Just, I, I just might I be there struggling. See, I can see them all having a conversation, Gina, Heather, Emily, and then it coming up being like, well, we all know Shannon's relationship isn't that good. And then being like, why? What did you hear? Oh, well, she called us back in 2020 and she said this. And then we were at Javier's and she said this. No way. She told you that. She told me this. And kind of having it be a communal conversation about sure. all the things that Shannon told us. And then now they're just making it look like Heather was just going around trying to spread Shannon's business. And I just don't, only because Heather refused to bring it up on camera, whereas Gina, Emily, and Tamara were so more comfortable bringing it up on camera that that's what makes me be like, well, maybe Heather wasn't really trying to make this a thing because I mean, or she was, no, I just, I don't believe that Heather was trying to make this a thing. See, Tamara's the problem to me. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Heather wasn't trying to make it a thing. I think they all were just kind of like, you know, Heather told me this, Heather told me, or I, even if it's your thing, right? It's still messy, but it's like, I had this, let's just say Heather didn't tell. It's, I had a conversation with Heather. I had a conversation with Heather too. It seems like they hadn't talked to one another, but Heather had had conversations about that relationship with yeah. them. So that seems messy. It, Tamara, then when she takes it to Shannon, now it becomes Heather's telling people. And then when Heather denied it, it takes it to the next level. So that's what we see happen at the doppelganger party. I loved the setup of Shannon pulling Heather to the side and saying, can I talk to you? And she's, you know, Heather's like, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. That's not what I said. I think those are some half truths. She probably didn't say your relationship's bad. She probably said they're struggling, you know, like it's probably yeah. a, an issue of semantics and she wasn't alone talking about it. But I loved when there was a silence she, and Heather looks over and she's like, what are you whispering about, Tamara? I didn't even know they were that close to each other. I until, know. And then the camera gives us the wide shot. And I'm like, oh, geez, they were having this conversation right there. And then it just all blows up. And I love it. It was so good. I love it. So things kind of escalate from there. I, I, I do appreciate Vicky, who's always just trying to bring it back to the bottle, to the bottle and shots. That's like Vicky's whole thing, which is so interesting if you've been a, if you're an OG watcher and you've watched the progression of Vicky, who would not even say the word sex on camera. Yeah. She would not talk about sex. She was like very like prude and that's not me. And Tamara would always be like, I know the real Vicky. And now we know what she's talking about. Vicky is taking off her shirt at the table in the game. <laughs> Vicky's saying the her favorite sexual position. She's taking shots. And I think Vicky now is really stepping into who she is and unapologetically being herself. And I love to see it. 
And, and I appreciated her being the comic relief in all of this because the rest of it was just confusing. Heather's mad at Emmeline saying Emily started all of this. Gina, I don't even know who she's arguing. She's arguing with Shannon. Emily's yelling at Shannon. And, and like, it just, this is where I was like, I am so lost. And I tried to go back and rewind it. And then I was like, I still don't get it. At the end of the day, how, how did you, what did you walk away with, Zach? What, what, like, what was your final thoughts? <laughs> that clearly they were all talking about Shannon's relationship and clearly Shannon's relationship has been bad for a while. And I think, listen, if the issues that Shannon, that they're all referencing aren't that bad as Shannon's trying to say, we just had an argument and people have arguments. Then why did you react so big when Tamara brought it up on camera and you were like, Tamara, don't do that to me. And then you go off to the producers and you're like, my relationship is done. So whatever it is, it's big and it's bad and it's bad, you know, for her relationship. So it's not as, it's as downplayed as she's trying to make it because then she wouldn't be having such a big reaction. My takeaways are that she gets drunk. She tells all the women all her business. And then now they're talking about it. And it's like, how much longer, if you were telling Emily and Gina these things in 2020 and we're now in 2020, well, I guess this was 2022, but it's like, how long do you expect people to just hold your secrets and not talk about it, especially when you're going over here talking about Gina's relationship on camera, and then you're going to go throw Heather's relationship out there on camera. So it's like you're like everybody else is allowed to live out their drama on camera, but yet you want to make sure that yours is hidden. And these girls have protected you all these years and now you're mad at them. So yeah, I just, I, I'm not team Shannon in any of this. I don't feel bad for her. I think her relationship probably is really bad. And I, yeah. No. Yeah. She's, I, I, I agree with all your thoughts. And I do think that she's lying about it all because when G, when Emily told her, no, I talked to you a couple of months ago at Javier's and you told me you talked to me. And when the, Shannon does that pause, she kind of is like, okay. And she's like, I don't remember that, but okay. And then five minutes later, she's like, I haven't talked to them about it since 2020. And it's like, Emily just told you that's not true. And you couldn't yeah. deny it. So Shannon's obviously lying. She's trying to protect her relationship with John. And actually I do have one more takeaway. And this is even before it came out, the things that John said, which we will about her allegedly, and we will list them out. Shannon keeps saying, this is it. This is my life. This is the end of my relationship. I've never been more in love ever. And there's just such a desperation. I feel like from Shannon to hold on to this relationship, we've all had those friends or we might've been in it. Hell, I know that's been me before where you were, you put so much of yourself into a relationship. Your families know each other. You've given your all. You put it out there in the public in this situation. And you just don't want to fail at another relationship. And that's what I see with Shannon. And it's really sad to watch. She knows that she and John aren't good. She knows how he treats her. But she just so desperately wants a man in her life. You know, and probably too, because David, oh, David. Mo moved on, got married. Yeah, we know he's divorced now, but he moved on. He got married. That's tough. And so like Shannon wants to have that. And I think she wants to believe it's the best relationship she's ever had. And that's yeah. sad. It was sad to me to see her desperately clinging on to this relationship when John really doesn't seem to give a fuck. Her outfit matched her 
her vibe. Her outfit matched. Her chaotic (laughs) Gina outfit was like perfect for it. (laughs) And at the end of the episode, I guess all the ladies were like, F it. Like, we're just going to go out and say, I was shocked that they listed out the things. Not just Emily. Heather said some things as well. Mm-hmm. And we, we learned had all her little confessional boxes. Mm-hmm. We learned that, and this is wild, you guys. They've been together for three and a half years. He has never stayed the night in her house. Shannon pays for everything. He's called her unattractive and fat. He's left her at a restaurant during an argument. And she keeps saying, well, these are normal fights. This is like, these are normal fights that people have with their boyfriend. Like it's normal to argue. And she said, she keeps saying these are normal fights with her boyfriend, but they paralyze her, which is a strong word to use. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like he's emotionally abusive. Listen, you leave me at Nobu. You better hope, I hope your credit card better be on file because I'm about to charge it up. (laughs) Leave that tab open. Oh, hell no. You're not going to leave me at Nobu. Made me (laughs) call a damn Uber. Drinks for everybody at the bar. (laughs) Uh, Drinks on John Jansen. I can't wait to see Shannon discuss this, especially now that they're not together. And we know that allegedly there was another issue at a restaurant. I really want to see her talk about it. And I hope Andy grills her and doesn't let her slide. So we should. Well, I don't think any of the other girls are going to let her slide because they're all mentioning it all in their confession. Emily was like, boom, 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 boom. And she's like, and it makes me cry just to talk about it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you have no problem talking about it. <laughs> He's singing like a canary now. It's true. There were no tears. There were none. <laughs> okay. OC is so good. OC is so good right now. We'll be back next week recapping it. Zach, thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Now we're going to move on to New Roni with Jody Walker. Jody! <laughs> Jody, what? Hey, up? Rachel. <laughs> I couldn't get everything started. I was so excited and I was so in, I was like, I was like, so I, I realized like my hands were so gripped listening to you and Zach talk about Shannon's awful boyfriend. Cause Ugh. we've all been like, we've been a, we've been there or we've been adjacent to it. We've seen, yeah. and it's just so sad to see it play out. Uh, okay. And so less interesting things, even though this episode is called the most interesting girl in the room, this was clearly like a filler episode and also a, a get to know you episode is what I felt. We got to know because the women have been in the Hamptons forever. 
right? It seems like they were there forever. I couldn't believe they were still in the Hamptons at the beginning of this episode. I was like, this truly is the new Bluestone Manor. Like they used to just be stuck there for like for so many episodes, even when it would only be a weekend. And I don't know that as much content was happening at Aaron's Hamptons house as used to happen at Bluestone Manor. But I was I like Jessel was ready to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Well, we yes, we we were all like it's ladies. It's time. We've had enough. Enjoyed what you gave us in the Hamptons during the off season. Appreciate that. That's never been done before. But let's get back to the city. And then we get back to the city and everybody just kind of goes their separate ways until they all get together for Bryn's giving. Okay. What's up? I was going to get into the Aaron. Like, I'm going to go through each of the ladies. Yeah, it's a character episode. It's like we're really learning more about them, their jobs, their hot sauces, their trauma. You know, like, really, it's we're really getting into it. And I like I say this with a grain of salt, and that's why I'm, like, trying to get my words together. I liked watching Aaron professionally do her thing. I -hmm. thought it was cool. She obviously comes from money. When she talks about growing up in real estate and, oh yeah, my mom sold out this, this historic building or this like prominent building in New York. It was like Lincoln Center. (laughs) Yes, it was Lincoln Center. Center. Like what? (laughs) Also, she is for money. She just drops all these little things that you're like, oh shit. She's for money. Her husband's for money. She talked about that they both grew up going into the ham, going to the Hamptons in an earlier episode. And like both of their families have homes in the Hamptons. Her family's home is 10 minutes from her current home in the Hamptons with her husband. Multiple Hamptons houses money is in addition to all of your homes in New York City is crazy money. Yes. She's got money to just freely, you know, dispose of, which is probably why she donated to stop the steal. Well, you know, when you're free to donate to whatever, your choices become even more interesting. And that's why I speak with, it's like, like, I like her, but I'm just, I'm saying that lightly. I like watching her do her thing professionally. You know, I, I, despite coming from money, at least what she was giving us this episode, she does seem to be knowledgeable about what she does. She definitely wanted us all to know that she speaks Spanish because it was very funny to see her. She was speaking in Spanish to them. So I thought, oh, they don't speak English, but then she would talk to them in English. So it was like, we get uh-huh. it, girl. You speak Spanish. <laughs> she was like, como se dice handles. They were like, uh, could you just say handles? Could you please? just say it? Like we that is see, now I'm actually changing my mind. Yeah, and you're I'm working yourself up. up. That's so <laughs> It's it's just like if they, if I'm a worker there and I speak English and you're talking to me in Spanish and you probably never talk to me in Spanish, but you're doing it for the cameras. It's just like she's using them as pawns and props. And it makes even more. It's it's like playing. It's like the comment of playing poor with the dollar store. Yeah. Like, stop trying to show that you're one of us or down or that you're relatable or you like you're rich. You're filthy rich. Just be rich. That's kind of the thing is like she has this personality that's pretty like it's sort of every man like it's not like Jessel. And at first I thought Aaron was going to seem really uptight, like seem like a foil to Bren. But she's obviously uptight in some ways, but not as much as I thought. I mean, the way that she let a lot of that Hampton stuff roll off of her back, I was like pretty surprised by. And so it is sort of like she thinks of herself as chill. She can go to any restaurant 
restaurant. But then she says, like, me and my husband both grew up going to the Hamptons. And it's like, okay, well, then there are things there are things you're an alien. Like there are things about you. I'll never understand if you're that rich. And I want to know them. Those are the things I want to know. I do not want to know, like, you know, that you took Spanish in college. I want to know, like, how your family is like hunting humans in the woods or whatever rich people do. <laughs> yeah, you're rich, girl. And it's okay. You're on, <laughs> so we rich. want you to be rich. You're on Housewives. We yeah. want to feel like you are out of our reach. We want to not aspire to be you, but just like, that's what Housewives is. I want to feel yeah. poor as I'm watching you. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I want to feel, I want to feel poorer than you and also better than you. Cause if I had that kind of money, I would donate to different causes and I decorate my house better. That's right. We'd have be- we're better personalities, better hearts, but they're, <laughs> but they're rich. I'm just so sure if I was that rich, I'd be a better person. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, you would. Jody Walker. You absolutely would. <laughs> Speaking of better people, Uba, we learn, Uba. we learn, I just, we just love Uba. We see her sit down and really open up, which is, you know, we've seen Uba be the fun girl, quirky, you know, she gets along with everyone. She's not a, she's not a shit starter, but we see her sit down. Who was she talking to? Okay. That's a great question, Rachel, because she was like, she was like, I don't know. The woman's name was like, let's say Rebecca. She was like, I met Rebecca in boxing class. She's more than a mentor. She's a friend. And I was like, these are friend, mentor and boxing class. Like these are all things that don't go together at all. Then that woman sits down and she's like, why do I find it so impossible to open up to other people? And I was like, is she a life? What is this? And Rebecca didn't really seem prepared for what she was getting. Like I, I just couldn't, it was both a business meeting and sort of like a life coach. I was like, is this a life coach? But I don't think we ever got a cry, a Chiron on her. Like it was giving housewives life coach. It was without the announcement of it. And it was like, I missed the boxing part of it. Like I was watching it. I must have tuned <laughs> out. And then all of a sudden I was like, who are you? <laughs> are you? They're, they're, you're clearly, they're in Uba's a place. So you're not a therapist. I mean, unless they have wildly different energies. <laughs> yeah. I was, just, like, I was like, what's happening here? But it was sad to see Uba break down. And she said that her mom passed away in 2012 and it's still 10 years later impacts her deeply, you know, and she hasn't, I mean, obviously you don't, you know, when you uh, there, I love that picture or it's like a meme where people talk about how like it's like a ball in a jar and the ball it is your grief and it stays the same size you just the jar gets bigger around it but you never mm-hmm. let go of that grief and that's what I thought of when I saw her I'm like obviously she's still struggling and you know she misses her mom and she doesn't ha- she doesn't have that person that she can talk to or you know, the things that she was getting from her mom. She just doesn't have that in life anymore. And that was sad to watch. It was. I really, really enjoy Uba. She's such a like strange presence. You know, she's just like always doing something unexpected. I, Rachel, I also, man, I was kind of a mess watching this episode, as you can imagine. As you can imagine. I know you guys. Also, 
it compounded on top of Uba and Bryn expressing all of this stuff about their families is that I, for some reason, decided like never just like watch movies on weeknights. But for some reason, last night, I was like, I'm going to watch the movie Wild with Reese Witherspoon. It's from the about the share. It's based on the Cheryl Strayed autobiography. And it is all about her mother. Like it is all about losing her mother. And it's I mean, I really love it. It's a great movie. Uh, but so like I was weeping at that last night and then all this mother stuff comes into this episode. I was like, and I was watching this episode at a time that I could not immediately call my mom. And, you know, I mean, that's what Uba's getting at is it's like, yeah, the, you can grow around the grief, but like the impulse to want to call your mom, be reassured by your mom is, or, or, or whoever that person is in your life is never going to go away. And I think, I think like seeing that from adults, like from women is, is really powerful. And the woman's name was Kathleen that she was sitting with. Um, I did wonder if she was sort of wants Kathleen to fulfill a motherly role in her life. And Kathleen seemed a little lost. She seemed a little <laughs> lost at the ask. <laughs> Kathleen was like, it can't be me. Like, let's it's help not... you find that person, but it won't be me. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen was like, I have chosen a single childless life of boxing lessons for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> I am an entrepreneur. I will guide you through your <laughs> Do you think Uba is like about to go on Shark Tank? The way that she was talking about like getting investors and like I was just like imagining her being like sharks for 25%. I have Uba's Uba's what's it called? Uba Hot. That's a cute name. It is cute. It's really cute. Uba Hot. I've been on Oprah's fa um, favorite things before. I just started this company during COVID. I've been able to generate this many sales. I, I'm on Housewives, so it has even now I'm a housewife. <laughs> You're right. That's like honestly, that is the most natural next step for her. Like it makes the most sense for her to go on Shark Tank. If I saw her in front of me in real life, I would hand her all of my money. <laughs> She's so beautiful. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't know why I was doing it or what I, what she was going to be able to do with it. I would just be like, you deserve this more than me. <laughs> yeah, here, take all my money. Jessel. We see Jessel return home to her husband. Her least favorite place. Her least favorite place. She's talking to her husband about how difficult the weekend was. And we love this man because he one out tells her, uh, yeah, you do kind of talk to people in a wild way. And she's like, are you calling me a bitch? And he's like, no, but like your tone can be, you know, bitchy without saying bitchy. <laughs> I'm going to use it as an adjective and not a noun. You are speaking as slowly as he was. He was trying so carefully. He was trying to choose his words so carefully and he couldn't. Like he couldn't say anything else. He was speaking so slowly about her tone of voice. And then he was like, and so you came off the wrong way. Like you literally always do. And it was like, these are the words you were trying to choose carefully, Pevin. Like you always do. This is how you, this is you. He's basically like, so you had a mirror all weekend in the Hamptons. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Except she doesn't even try to choose your words carefully. He, she was like, so you're calling me a bitch? And he, he was like, I never say that, but maybe some tendencies. I was like, Kevin, just shut up, man. This is not. And, you know, I actually don't know. It was very funny to watch, but 
I wasn't sure how I felt about him in this scene. You know, every time I talk about their relationship and how clearly awful we've already seen that she is to him, I've been like, and you know, I don't want to, I'm reserving judgment about him. Like, I don't know if he like deserves to be protected sort of or not yet. And I'm still kind of like, I don't know, Pevin, like he, the way that he was talking about money made me feel like he's someone who thinks he's always right. And I'm just, I don't know. Those two are not having a good time and they don't want to go on that staycation together. No, they absolutely don't. But something size has been said where he was kind of like, I can't imagine having, you know, like two kids at the same time where he was like, like show basically show her some grace. Like have, you have no idea. These babies are one, two boys. Like I have, I have a friend who has twin boys and she's like, they're monsters. They're terrors. She's so funny about it. And they're three now. And she's like, you have no idea, Rachel. You have no, like, that's how she describes them. They're the cutest things ever. And I was like, well, then when they came over here, they were so polite. And she's like, you have no idea. <laughs> she's like, they were on their best behavior. They are terror. So I just can't imagine having two boys at the same time and then trying to film this show. And, you know, like you probably, it's very similar to um, Wendy on Potomac. She didn't have twins, but she started filming like two weeks, two months or something after the babies. And she just wasn't herself. She didn't feel confident in herself. She felt very insecure. And that came out. And I think that's what we're getting with Jessel. So shout out to Sai's husband, because I feel like he made me have some sympathy for her. And I haven't been giving her any. And I was like, he's right. I, I cannot even imagine. See, I would say no to being on a show like that. But that was also probably being on Housewives after... I just had twin boys, but for Jessel, it's probably like an escape. It probably is to make her feel like she's getting her groove back. Jessel wouldn't turn down this opportunity for $20 million. Like she's not going to miss this chance. And like, and I wouldn't either. Like if that were something I were inclined towards doing, I certainly would not turn it down because I had one-year-old twins, but absolutely shout out to Sai's husband, who I will say that I love. He seemed so great. And like that he just came in there with that, you know, really like generous and warm. I mean, he, and he started it out with, I have no idea what it's like to be a woman. And I was like, you don't, and you're saying it way to go. My guy, I don't know his name, but he (laughs) seems like such a stable force, not just in size life, but in our lives lives. now (laughs) and on this show, (laughs) he is at, he is, he is, he did, but he also said it in such like a non-judgmental way. He wasn't like, you guys need to have more empathy for her. They were out here being like, like Jessel needs to get fucked. Like Jessel's got, you know, like they're all just all like, Jessel needs to get fucked. All the problem is she not, how can she do this? Have a sexless marriage. And he's like, well, she had two babies. I can only imagine the like psychological and physical toll that takes. I would, I would like for him to be my Kathleen and just come to my house once a week and do boxing lessons, mentorship and friendship and entrepreneurship. Maybe Uba will give him a call after watching him in this episode. <laughs> and he knew when to get out of the way, right? Like he was like, I, I, I'm not invited yes. to this, right? Like this is a man who seems to check all the boxes. Yes. I was waiting for Jessel to tell her husband that she revealed to the women that they had not had sex in over a year. 
And I was waiting for it because I expected him to have a very strong reaction to her putting out their personal business, not just for the women, but for all of us to judge. He could care less. He, I, Brian would be livid if I said that. Like he, he would feel that they were judging him, me, us yeah. together. And Pava could care less. I completely agree. I was floored when she started to gear up for the comp for the like to say it like well and I also told them about I was like don't do it Jessel don't do it are you crazy like what you and your friends talk about is none of your partner's business it's like I think it is perfectly reasonable to talk about your sexual relationship with trusted friends don't tell your partner about it. Like they can talk about it with their friends and you can talk about it with your friends. You can't bring all the worlds together because like they don't need to feel judged once they're in front of your friends. They don't need to know everything, you know, like I just, and then he was just like, oh yeah, man, that's crazy. And then that made me be like, oh, I think we were all kind of assuming from the sort of like flippant way that Jessel was talking about it. And the fact that she just had twins, that it was like kind of, more on her or it was like her having a problem with kicking back up the sexual relationship. And I mean, I don't want to pass too much judgment, but I have now heard about it from both parties and like, (laughs) feels like Pevin is, you know, equally contributing to them not having sex. And he seemed way less interested in the staycation than Jessel did. Oh yeah. Okay. Bren. So the episode really seems to be centered around Bren. We get to know more of her background, which it's heartbreaking, even though she hasn't gone into specific details, she does let us in a lot more about how she grew up and growing up biracial in Indiana, growing up in, in all white spaces. Her dad is black, but she didn't, didn't have any relationship with him or his family. So she really wasn't in touch with her blackness. And I love that she shared the story about the woman who worked with her, her grandmother, who had custody of her and her brother and sister and said, like, you need to take them to the salon. And she's right about, it's like, it's like what people say about the barbershop. There is this like community because you're there all day getting your hair straightened. It is an all day process. You get to see these older women, there are young people there. It does become a family because it's such a routine that you do. And so I loved hearing her share that. What I didn't love is all the close-ups on her scalp. I counted at least, we get it. She's biracial. We get it. Her hair is a curly texture, but the number, go back and watch it. The number of times oh, no, I noticed. that they zoomed in on her hair, it was unnecessary. Guys, Bravo, I'm not used to you doing as much of this as I would be The Bachelor. This is something The Bachelor would do. They would take the story, they would run with it, they would show her hair, they would show, I, I, they would just show every, they would just exploit the whole thing. I don't know, it was just too much. Why are we not focusing on Bren's face and her telling the story or maybe well, she's flashbacks. talking about she's it. She's talking about it. And like, we're talking to her saying scalp it. and we're talking to her scalp. It was just too, it, the first time I was like, oh, okay. Second time. Hmm. Third. Okay. Fourth guys. Fifth. Come on. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot of scalp work too much. Yeah. 
Because what's the suggestion? Like, wow, marvel at this texture. I like that's how I, yeah, yeah. Getting around the scalp close ups, the scalp camera, it was nice to, yeah, it was just nice to hear that from her and like what meaning that had in her life. And she says, like, you know, and her grandmother was just taking her there to like make her life easier. But she says, and thank God for that. Like, I'm sure that's how she really feels like, thank God for like this moment or these, you know, hours and hours every Saturday to get some exposure to something she wasn't getting at all at home. I mean, she, yeah, she had a, we learned a lot about Bryn this episode. Yeah, we did. And, and the, we have the Bryn's giving and the reason they have it is because she, you know, she talks about, well, you know, she doesn't really have family. So she goes out of the country, usually on holidays. Um, so she's going out of the country for Thanksgiving with her ex fiance, who she's 20% sure that she's going to be married. They show a picture of him. He's very cute. All the women are like, we love Gideon. We want Bryn to be with Gideon. And the She's like, I'm 20% sure I'm going to marry him. But they clearly have a good friendship, which is nice. This man seems to be infatuated. I think somebody says that. They're all obsessed with you, Bren. I want to meet Gideon. I was like, you know, we saw the picture that we saw of them looked like it was taken in 2006 in my own personal college, you know, high school Facebook role. Like it was so blurred. You said he was cute. I was like, was he? I feel like his face was blurred out. Like I can't even remember what he looked like because it was so like sort of pixelated. But I would like to see and hear more of Gideon from everyone's reaction to him. It was like everyone knew him. They're going to London together. See, and this goes Maybe. back to my thing. I do think they're friends. Remember, I was like, they seem to really all, the more they talk, yes. she's like, oh, I know your mom. Oh, we know Gideon. Oh, we, like, we love Gideon for her. And I'm like, okay, they really do seem that, that, that these friendships didn't start with the show. Maybe for Jenna, they did. But for some of them, at least three of them seem to be very interconnected. Sai seems to be connected to the most to people. I believe that maybe Cy and Bren somehow knew each other, but I think they filmed the show for two months before any of the footage that we're actually seeing. And so they all have two months of established friendship together. Jody the skeptic. I'm a cynic. I'm just a classic skeptic. <laughs> I get it. I usually wear that hat as well. I don't know why I want these women to be friends so badly. You believe in these friendships. I do. I want to believe in them. <laughs> so yes, they, they have this Bryn's giving and they all sit around the table and then I maybe it's Aaron who's kind of like I don't how did they get to Bryn to say to Bryn whatever that made her emotional she was like I don't want to talk about it I don't want to talk about it well Sai gives like a just a little intro like a little toast at the dinner table which Sai was cracking me up a little bit because like she has no subtlety and I both revile and respect that in her because sometimes I'm just trying to do things too subtly. And it's like, you do just have to say things out loud. And it did obviously mean a lot to Bryn that Cy did this dinner just for her. Bryn was thrilled to be the center of attention. She was showing that back at the door with every new person coming in. Like she was clearly totally fine with that. But like they sat down and Cy was like, you know, Bryn, you don't have any family. You don't have anybody. So we wanted to have this dinner for you. We wanted to have this Thanksgiving for you. It was like a sweet, it was a sweet sentiment stated very bluntly. And so and I felt like I felt like Bryn already looked emotional. And then all Aaron said was, 
Bryn, how are you doing? That's and right. she just burst into tears. And it's like, we've all been there for the, how are you doing? That just sets you over the edge because the que- the answer is not well, bitch. No, I am not doing well. And I think like so much of it was wrapped up in Thanksgiving for like Uba and Bren. It just seemed like this, everyone else all episode was kind of like talking about their families and what they were doing. And you're just constantly aware that your experience feels so different than everyone else's. That's for so true. It was the, how you, how are you doing? And Aaron probably sensed that after size speech, that Bren was already on edge about to lose it. And that's why she asked that, which again, that was like a positive thing for Aaron to ask that, that question. So that made yeah. me, yeah. I was like, Oh, like she could see that Bren was struggling. Well, and if you compare, like I also, when Bryn, Bryn asked it, I mean, excuse me, Aaron asked it so sincerely and that really stood out to me. And also in contrast with like the way that Jessel handled asking Aaron about her grandmother when she was like, she just kept being like, oh, well, I didn't know. I didn't know. And it's like, you didn't have to know. Just like say that you're sorry and like and just offer move your on. condolences. She like said, the strangest. well. She did. She did say, I, I hope it, and she, first she said, I hope it went well. And then at the end of the conversation, she's like, well, I'm glad everything went well. And Aaron was like, what? Yeah, we had a grand old time. Like, what are you talking about? She just, I think Jessel is always, she's either, she has two modes speaking completely thoughtlessly or being in full defense mode to try and ward off any. So like this one seemed like defense where she just kept being like, I didn't know. Like I did, I, I had no idea. I didn't even know that your grandmother had passed instead of like, as though she hadn't give her given her condolences early enough or like, I don't, it was just, I mean, like Aaron said, it was just deeply strange behavior. She's in PR. Make it make sense. She must be manning the desk because I cannot see her out there. She's great in an email. Great in an email. I can't see her out there being the first, like the person at the front of the line. Like that's who you meet first. Okay. But once you get past the front of the line in PR, and this is no disrespect to PR, but there is an anxiety that runs deeply through like a certain kind of PR person that I, that I can see in Jessel, but she, I mean, she must be, I don't, I don't know. That's what the way they try to explain Jenna sometimes, like she's just, a, a mystery. A to- That's how I feel about Jessel. Like she is a mystery to me. Jessel must be in PR of like furniture or something, you know, like not like red no, carpet. Fashion. She's fashion PR. Fashion. Manning the desk. At the fashion PR incorporated desk. That's where she's got to be. So in contrast to how Jessel handled a sensitive topic, Aaron just very sincerely being like, how are you doing? Somehow felt like the perfect way to handle something. And 
it gave Brynn an opportunity to open up, but like, this is clearly so her family and what she went through as a very young person. And then also just like, you know, losing her family and not being close with the ones who remain is clearly so hard on her. And she can barely talk about it at the table. She can barely talk about it in her testimonial. She like curls up into a ball. You can see her little sweatpants she's wearing under her evening gown. I mean, I could say she had on like purple, like she like curls up in on herself in the, um, in the testimonial when she's wearing that like beaded gown and she's just kind of telling the producer she can't talk about it, but they're kind of talking her through it. And it's just so hard for her to talk about. And I get it. And there's things that are unresolved, obviously for her with her family. And she's not even close to her. It seems like she's not that close to her siblings either. So, you know, I, I hope that they tread lightly. Like I, I'm I'm curious to know, but I also Mm -hmm. can like not know if it, if it means, you know, like sending, send her spiraling down like the wrong road. That's where the episode ends. I mean, it ends with like Bren saying like, I don't want to talk about it. I can't talk about it. And I guess we'll pick up where we left off. We didn't get a lot of Jenna this episode, but it seems like the next episode is all Jenna. Well, hopefully we see something new next week. Jody, thank you for recapping New Roni with us. I don't know when I'm going to stop saying New Roni and just let it be that this is Roni now. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Guys, have a wonderful weekend. Bye. 